it is a truth universally acknowledged that you smell bad. Oh, Mr. Bennett! Ah, hit the theme music. Okay. That was, that was the best one yet. That was tight as a snare drum. It was so fucking good. I mean, I mean, I, do, do the listeners realize that we didn't prepare that? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna send that as a clip to pitch for the best podcast opening of all time awards. Yeah, yeah, they do that every year. Yeah, um, of all time, they do a new one every time. <laughs> they, of all time, they just refresh it all the. Yeah, all the of all time annual. That's not that's not that unrealistic considering the fact that like you know to go back through all time of podcasting, it's only like twenty years. Twenty, you think so? Twenty. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To uh, Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by books. Brought to you by reading. Brought to you by the written word. Brought to you by nooks. Brought to you by uh, um, Audible. Brought to you by Kindle Fires. Brought to you by the other ones. Brought to you by Apple iPads. Oh, uh, brought to you by uh, iBooks, because that's actually how um, I, uh, that's how I listen to it. Mm-hmm. So this is a show. It's also how I read it. This is uh, this is how you read it. I don't have a physical copy of this book for some reason. Yeah, now there now do I. I mean, it would be nothing to like go out and get a used copy, but naturally we can't do that now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, was week three of quarantine? Week four? I, who knows? Um. <laughs> yeah. My I feel God. like I think two like two days ago I was like, oh shit, like we're, we needed to record Pride and Prejudice very soon, mm-hmm. and I was like, I feel like we just recorded. Harry Potter. Yeah, time has been flying oddly. Daniel, quarantine update. How have you been handling and dealing with this quarantine? Well, I stopped shaving. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Gabriel, quarantine update. How have you been dealing with the quarantine? Honestly, um, I don't think it's affecting me that much. I don't go out to party, and I like being indoors. I have a lot of anime to watch. Um, I have video games, and I have books. And I'm not going too crazy. Uh, this this poor man, he's he's suffering like you've never been. You crazy denial. Like with the face that he's making when he's saying this is just pouring sweat, wide eyed, like beat red, blood coming out of my eyes. Yeah, I know it's terrible. Um, did we say it's slow readers? Yeah, we did. We introduced ourselves yet, though. Okay. Uh, let's introduce ourselves now. Sounds good. Because uh, in contrast to last week, yes. let's uh, let's do this one pretty uh, pretty tight and uh, pretty My fast. My goodness, because, that was a long one. I mean, yeah. Th- I mean, we all went for it. It was a good time, though. Yeah, hey. Yeah, we got was, pretty drunk. It was fun. Um, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. What are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer. And dang, if you're ordering liquor from uh, anywhere in Studio City, I'm probably delivering it to you. Damn straight. What about you, co-host? I'm Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of fiction. Of note! Um, and this is our show, Slow Readers, where we talk about books. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Yes. This is the only explicit... Fuck yeah! Capital letters, red print, bold, next to the title of the episode, explicit mm-hmm. literature comedy podcast on the market anywhere. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of four-letter words that when you spell them out, they have asterisks in them. Yeah, like butt. Like boob. Like dick. Like elbow. Like ween. Like ween the band. Like (laughs) vag. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That was tough. That was tough to get out. That was hard for you to say. I'm sorry, everyone. All right, so that said, uh, we'll note that Gabriel's scared of vaginas. True. Moving on, Gabriel. Oh, damn. Please don't forget to do our call to action. Yes. uh, Speaking of which, um, listeners out there, if you like the sound of 
dirty, pathetic words said during our Jane Austen talk. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, right now, uh, if you if you are enjoying this and want to listen more or, and, and, you know, just are curious about, like, you know, hey, like, hey, what if I just gave these these doofuses a, 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 wel- a, a helping hand, not a welcoming ham. A welcoming ham? A welcoming ham. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, hey, uh, we just needed to hit one button. One button. It's subscribe. Yep. If there's another button, maybe like. Yeah. If there's another button, five stars. Yeah. And if you have up to 144 more Characters? buttons, sure. um, you can you can write out like a little review saying, "Hey, I like these dudes. They're dumb but fun." Yeah. Uh, or just write mostly harmless. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. That'd be a good tattoo. Um, that'd be that'd be really great. Uh, it always helps us, and we appreciate it. And we read them uh, online. I think I checked recently. We didn't have any more but yeah yeah you know. we'll read any and all of your reviews on the air it'll be a good time yeah it's always it's always nice to hear back from people who actually enjoy listening to this yeah i, I had to use the modifier actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder how many of those subs we have are just like people who like randomly hit sub when they saw like a because i have a bunch of podcasts on my stitcher app that yeah. i don't actually listen to i just subscribe to them yeah um i was super curious about uh if uh one of my favorite uh podcasts my favorite literature podcast overdue out there, the overdue those guys don't curse <laughs> they're being super polite lame but um they didn't do a pride and prejudice episode so really first off suck it guys suck it over suck it you fucking nerds daniel i really feel like at one point we you want one of us needs to just message them and be like hey guys we're actually big fans of your show um we want you to know though that we talk constant shit on you on our show yeah just be and like we would love to just have a chat with you guys in time a really really highly contentious chat yeah and i, I want to be like super aggro about it you know yeah be like like hey hey you fucking wussies mm-hmm. yeah guys basic listeners i want you to realize that if uh if 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 overdue is like you know like hulk hogan he's they're the good guys uh-huh. we're like rick flair nature boy rick flair we're loud we're flamboyant we're way past our prime and we're the bad guys if Woo! if overdue is like disney plus mm-hmm. we're like late 80s early 90s mtv <laughs> yes you i was uh, gonna be like we're like crackle you're like why is this on here oh there's a good movie on here yeah, there's that one that you that you signed up for, and now you're stuck with us. <laughs> yeah. Just floating in your apps. Definitely. Um, no, I was just watching uh, a Half in the Bag put up a review episode. From Red Letter Media? Red Letter Media. Um, they, they, about this, this, I don't know if you heard of it, a movie called Freaked? No. It is a, uh, it is peak, it, it stars um the the, uh, the Bill and Ted guy who isn't Keanu Reeves. Alex Winter. Yes. It stars him. Uh, apparently, like, it's, like, kind of, like, his baby and whatnot. And it's basically the story about, like, him and, like, two others, basically. Winters? Winter. Wind, uh, I don't know. I just heard his name a million times. I don't remember. Mm. Um, but, like, no, they they join, they join uh, accidentally get tricked into go- uh, going to a, a freak show where they get turned into freaks. And it's all, like, this great, like, it's, like, all the crazy practical effects you could have thrown Alex on. Winter. And apparently those guys, uh, like, him and, like, the director and, like, the special effects people were, like, kind of define that, like grotesque like early 90s mtv style sweet so like it looks it's like the special effects are great i mean everyone needs to remember that bill and ted bill of bill and ted alex winter he's um he more or less got his big start as one of the lost boys yeah he did that yeah he's one of the vampires and he also and he uh he's a horror guy he was in creep show these guys found an idiot box which apparently was like like the mtv 
thing, whatever. It's like all this real like in your face uh, comedy stuff. All this has to do with Pride and Prejudice, but absolutely way. it does. This, this is important. I mean, you don't think it is, but it's, it's going to tie in at the end. We promise. But like they did all this like in your face kind of like like comedy stuff where like the, it's like the one was the beginning of uh, the very first one was the, was essentially a parody of the, the opening of Goodfellas where like they open the trunk and it's Alex Winter in there and he's like introing the show while like the gangsters start stabbing him and he's like screaming and then he goes back to introing the show and he's getting shot and he's like ah and there's like blood and he That's pretty great. goes back to introing the show you know it's like uh, so that kind of thing so I'm into it anyway uh, easy segue yeah so this Tight is a, segue. <laughs> this is a, this is a continuation of, I, right, this is kind of this is a continuation of one of our subseries. Yeah, this is a strand selection called Stranded. Stranded. We're going through the strandating list, a bullshit list that yes. uh, that we're now kind of like. Uh, I don't think we we didn't land on this. We picked this, right? We picked this. This was well, this was my pick. Okay, yeah. Yeah, my, for those who don't know, the Strand is probably the best bookstore in the world. It is located in like the East Village-ish of New York City, mm-hmm. um, and they have a list of eighty reader favorites, and um, it's kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, the list is kind of shit. Fucking stupid. Um, well, you'll be surprised by things. I mean, there's like things that are and aren't out there that you're gonna be like, all right, whatever. Like, sure. At, like, uh, all of Anne Rand's books are in there because it's yeah. like, okay, sure. And, and then you'll like be half the staff of the Strand are like libertarians. <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, actually, well, again, like the the Strand bookstore has nothing to do with uh the Strand selection AD. of the list. It's, but they could they could have policed it a little they, bit so, so there weren't these egregious like omissions and these annoying doublings. Yeah. The the most annoying things that we pointed out is that um, Lord of the Rings uh uh the C.S. Lewis thing. What's it called? Cron- Narnia. Uh, yeah, Chronicles Cron- of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia. Thank you. Um, all are, are listed as a single entry. Yeah. Uh, and then like the Harry Potter books are all listed. Like five out of seven Harry Potter books are on there. When you could have just said the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Which like it doesn't make any sense besides the fact that it's like oh I guess Harry Potter is hot shit so like let's uh yeah that's let, very frustrating. Let's let them crowd the field. Yeah. Um. So that's some that's some uh, uh New York Yankees bullshit. Anyway. Exactly. Fuck the Yankees. So. Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Uh, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, you selected. I selected this. Yes. Uh, so what's uh, what's up with that? <laughs> um, I'm a big fan. Okay. That's a good intro. That's a good, great interview question. Yeah. No. So what's the deal with that? What up with that? So what's, what's that? Okay. Why, why? But no, I'm sorry. Yeah. You want to select it. What, what, what were the reasons why you uh, selected this one? Well, um, I'm a really big fan of Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. I'm not so big a fan that I've read all of her books. I've primarily been just a big fan of Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. I've seen like multiple adaptations of it my favorite which besides it's it's a toss-up but more often than not i actually prefer the lizzie bennett diaries web series mm-hmm. over the classic 1995 colin firth miniseries uh which was like co-created like the lizzie bennett series was co-created by i believe hank green by hank green the uh bro- like the brother and uh well, he co-created uh crash courses that's something we're yeah. a big fan you of. always say crash courses it's crash course Crash Course. Yeah. Oh, that's less fun. Um, <laughs> Crash Course, uh, which uh, he co-created with his brother, uh, John Green. Author who's of Fault on Our Stars. That D-Bag. Um, yeah. We're also going to get super fucking aggro about it. Hey, Johnny. Haven't read any of your books, hey, Johnny. John Green. Anyway. So, uh, so love Crash Course, by the way. Yeah, Although you should have called it Crash Courses. I mean, that's a mix, missed opportunity. I <clears> do <throat> not agree at all. But uh, I really like them. I really love the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. It's free online. It won a fucking Emmy. I mean, they invented an Emmy category for it because it was that good. Yeah, yeah. And um, I really like the movie. Um, and it's oh shit, the TV, the miniseries. Um, I'm the very, very, one, yes. I'm very, very mixed on the uh, Joe Wright 
a Kira Knightley one. Yeah, so which I uh, I'll admit that um I I uh, before this uh, I uh, I watched the the 1995 the very popular 1995 uh, TV adaptation. Yeah, the essential. I wanted to actually watch the Joe Wright movie. Yeah, it's um, on it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I, I just didn't get around to it. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like fine. I wish I did. I I kind of wish I did because I'm very curious about that one. Yeah, we'll, no, it, we'll it's get... fine. It's I just think Akira Knightley is a fundamentally wrong. Uh, Lizzie Bennett. Well, we'll get to that. Um, before, but well, like who I, looks at Kira Knightley and says she's tolerable? Like, are you fucking blind? <laughs> who who describes her as toler- tolerable? Mr. Darcy. Tolerable. That's that's part of the whole plot of the thing is that. But he was also very like uh just like turned on. Like he, he wasn't also his like his first thing is that like uh she's not that good looking or whatever. Well, the whole thing is that at the first ball, first dance there, <laughs> Mr. Bingley is all like, "Oh my god, dude, aren't these girls just the tops?" Mm-hmm. And Mr. Darcy's like, yeah, you're dancing with the only hot one, uh, Jane. Um, and Mr. Bingley's like, what about Elizabeth, her sister? She's right there. <laughs> and Darcy's like, yeah, I guess she's okay. She's tolerable at best. Well, I, I don't want to get too far into it, but I kind of took that hem as, like, as hem just like not giving a shit. Like, it doesn't yeah. mean that she wasn't pretty or oh, anything Oh, no, of course like not. But like, my, like, yeah, no, it's... Anyway, so let's we're, we're getting too far. Gabriel, yeah. Before we even talk about what happens in this book that sure. no one's ever heard of before, yeah. Uh, let's talk about someone who no one's ever heard of. Should before. we rag about overdue for a little while longer? Let's fucking overdue. Hey, Doug, God damn and, it, Doug and Doug and Brian. Brian, if we call them. Fucking get it together, guys. I just listened to an episode last night. I don't remember their names. Yeah, okay, that's that's fine. But it's Ga- Doug and Brian, Gabriel, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I believe you have some research on. Janie Austen. I do. So there's a really interesting thing about Jane Austen is that not that much is known about her. Plenty mm-hmm. has been because scholars have dug deep and hunted for clues like Carmen San Diego. But the really funny thing about her is that like Jane Austen, you know, like we know a lot about these older authors because of letters they wrote mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But Jane's older sister Cassandra like burned almost all of her letters. Mm-hmm. And and you know why? It's because Jane was kind of an asshole. Okay. And she wrote, she talked a lot of shit in her letters. <laughs> so she would like, uh, let's see, there's a quote here I have. Um, uh, Cassandra supposedly did it so that, quote, younger nieces did not read any of Jane Austen's sometimes acid or forthright comments on neighbors or family members. Right. Yeah, that, that totally sounds in character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So imagine like, 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 oh, the great works of Daniel Gonzalez. And for some reason, um, his roommate Gabriel deleted all of his texts and tweets. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so... Uh... If you know what we talked about all the time, you wouldn't <laughs> want that published either. Oh, damn it, my notes fucking vanished. Goddamn app. So, um, yeah, um, there's just plenty about her still, but a lot of her internal life is not actually recorded anymore. Uh-huh. Is everything okay over there? Yeah, I just have to reload my whole stupid thing, because I keep the exact same document for all of my notes and games, and I have to scroll down like 70 pages. Wait, the same document? Yeah. I have like 70 pages of slow readers, notes, and games. Okay, so that way um, you can burn it when I die. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll this will I'll, I'll literally take your Kindle and put it in a fire, even though <laughs> yeah. it's actually not. It's all no. it's all in the cloud. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna burn the cloud down. <laughs> anyway, so Jane Austen was born on December sixteenth in seventeen seventy five at Stevington Rectory in Hampshire, England. I'm sorry, what was the birth year again? Uh, 1775. 1775, thank you. Yeah, she's most famously part of the Regency period Mm -hmm. of England, which is from about 1790 to 1820. It's when uh, the Prince of Wales took to the throne when his father, George III, was deemed unfit to rule. A lot of, like, social context stuff about the Regency period, about how, you know, immediately after the Revolutionary War, um, attitudes about freedom and women were starting to change, Mm -hmm. but not enough that 
things actually changed. But people started to question it. Mm-hmm. So, um, her father, George, was director of an Anglican parish at Steventon, and he came from an old, respected, wealthy family of wool merchants. But as generations and inheritances went on, George's family fell into poverty. He met his wife, Cassandra, which is interesting, you name her daughter, like they do a Gilmore Girls thing, mm-hmm. at St. John's College in Oxford. She came from a prominent family. Mm-hmm. So Jane herself was the second youngest of eight children. The home atmosphere was supposed to be open, amused, and easy intellectual. Mm-hmm. They were the kind of family that did like plays together, and they amused themselves by reading stories and writing stories for one another. And really, they legit put on private theatricals for like the town and themselves. Totally like Little Women. Totally like Little Women, basically. Totally like Little a Women. Of, a lot of parallels there. I'm, I'm sure... Louisa May was a fan. Yeah, it's a, it's a cultural thing, yeah, totally. Yeah, pretty much. So, in 1796, um, Austin began her second novel after Sense and Sensibility, which mm-hmm. was initially called Eleanor and Marianne. Um, she had to revise it because, I mean, initially, her books didn't really go anywhere. She was just writing them. She wrote a book also called First Impressions, which would eventually become Pride and Prejudice. But really, it's a gap of about, like, a decade before anything got actually published. Her mm-hmm. father tried to publish these things without her knowledge, actually. Like, behind her back was like, hey, guys, my daughter, or a person, wrote this book. You want to you want to sell it? People were like, meh, it's kind of satire when we want more sentimental shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this whole thing about free and direct discourse. Do you know what free and direct discourse is, Daniel? Uh, no. Um, free and direct discourse is something that purportedly, like, Austin kind of either invented or popularized. Um, it's the kind of notion that the narr- the third person omniscient narrator begins to take on characteristics of the character. So that way, I mean, it's it's very very common now. Mm-hmm. But for example, like this is the first author to truly embrace the whole notion of um, uh, like Daniel walked out of the house and touched his keys. However, like um, how embarrassing it was for him to discover how awful life would be when he couldn't find his keys anymore. Daniel was a failure. Like, that's your mindset. That's not the narrator's mindset, but they're kind of melding into one. So free and direct discourse is the first time that narration um, takes on internal qualities of the characters. Yeah. Um, I thought it had a different name. One second. Uh, it was on, like, the Wikipedia whatnot for this, about, like, the way this I believe it's was. free and direct discourse. Was that what it was? It just, like, I just really don't remember what it said. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, again, to be fair, I took a course on 19th century English literature that I took, like, a couple years ago. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that's it. Anywhoozles. While living in Bath in December 1802, Austin received her only known proposal of marriage. She and her sister visited some family friends, and um, their youngest brother, Harris Big Wither, which is such such, such a wither. Harris Big Dash Wither. Yes. Okay. Wither spelled like. Like Bill Withers. Like Wither? Okay. Like Withering Spoon. Okay. I don't know what a Withering Spoon is. I just made that up. Okay, yeah, no, that's exactly, it is exactly what he's said. Free and direct speech. Yeah, the name just didn't uh, stick in my mind. Free and direct speech. I, I always forget it also. I know it's some, I even think it's like direct, indirect discourse or something. I, I knew what it, like the definition, I'm like, that sounds familiar. The name, I was like, is that something completely different? I'm like, no, it's just a very forgettable name. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's one of those things where like, it's, it's so common now that yes. you can't ever imagine it never existed. Uh, like to not do that. Is, is almost more of like a stylistic choice than it is to do Absolutely. That. Like, uh, for example, a really great uh, a case for this is that, for example, some of like the third person... Um, actually, I don't remember. I was going to say like uh, the um, Kenzie Gennaro books we read from... Oh, the, sure. Absolutely. Lane, but well, no, that's, that's first some person. Some of them are... Most of them... Are they all in first They're all person? first person. All Patrick's Okay, never mind. Forgot it then. Just kidding, Daniel. Similarly, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, 
As described by Caroline Austin, Jane's niece, and Reginald Bigwither, a descendant, Harris was not attractive. He was a large, plain-looking man who spoke little, stuttered when he did speak, was aggressive in conversation, and almost completely tactless. However, Austin had known him since they were both young, and the marriage offered many practical advantages to Austin and her family, Mm -hmm. which sounds very familiar. Going down further familiar, Austin initially accepted, and, you know, because... It would help her family if all the money issues and her brother's careers. But she decided to rescind her acceptance because she didn't love him. She didn't even like him. Um, uh, Big Wither was often described as someone who is, seems to have been a man very hard to like, let alone love. Hmm. So, sorry, Harris. Apparently you were a dick. Sorry, Big Wither. Sorry, Big Wither. <laughs> That'd be a great name for an improv team. Big so, um, uh, Austin's father passed away, and the family moved to Chawton, which is part of um, part of her brother's estate. Mm-hmm. Um, there, she published all of, um, four of her novels, and they're all published anonymously. Mm. So, that's insensibility. Her first book was only ascribed to, quote, a lady. Mm-hmm. And it was a big bestseller, and afterwards, all of her works are published under the name by the author of Sense and Sensibility. Um, she began feeling unwell by early 1816, and ignored all warning signs until it was too late. She was retrospectively diagnosed with Addison's disease or Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. She died in Winchester in July 18th, 1817 at age 41. Yes. She... And that's basically all I need to know about Jane Austen other than uh, more of them, uh, uh, persuasion and uh, Mansfield Park? Mansfield, no. uh, Man- Mansfield Park? Mansfield Park. Gosford. Huh? Gosford? No, no that's, 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 that's the movie Gosford Park. Which is not based on the Jane Austen. No. <laughs> okay. One was but she had two works published posthumously, and she never finished her final work, Sanditon. Yeah, uh, I'm also forgetting his name. What's the guy who directed um, Shortcuts and the Long Goodbye? Altman. Yeah, he did an adaptation of um, that one. Or am I thinking about Gosford Park? You're thinking of Gosford Park. That yeah. is Gosford Park. That's Gosford Park. You know, I keep thinking Gosford Park the... has nothing to do with Jane Austen. All right. Well, yeah, because I think that one's like a murder mystery. It is, but it's like it's like the basis for uh, Jane Austen for, wrote about murder for right? Downton Abbey, huh? She 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 wrote about murder, didn't she? Oh no, she was murdered. Yeah, she brutally. Was. Yeah, she got By stabbed. God, but oh, harsh. I mean, you know, fair. yeah, she died. She's uh, she's one of those authors. I'm surprised to see um, how young she died. Uh, yeah, 41. It's pretty but, wild. Uh, to get into uh, Gabriel, before we recorded, you pointed out it's like, oh, I'm rewatching the uh, the Crash Course video on mm-hmm. uh, the Crash Course literature, I should call it, a uh, video on Pride and Prejudice, yeah. and I was like, Again, oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. Watch Lizzie Bennet Diaries, everyone. It's really great. Yeah, and then I started watching this, and I was like, oh, she died at 41. Oh shit. All right. Yeah, she was young. Okay. I was gonna say it for some reason, and I was gonna end up like, that's cool. Um, <laughs> that's that's yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's a non-word. Right, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Very good job. Do you want to describe the plot of Pride and Prejudice? Or maybe I should. Um, Daniel, I did the research, so if you just want to go for it, please do. I'll do what I normally do and jump in with more. Yeah, efficient descriptions of what you just said. Well, how about this? Like in terms of efficiency, I think the plainest way to describe this is that this is the story of the the Bennett family, specifically mm-hmm. this is the five uh, sisters, yeah. specifically uh, Elizabeth, aka Lizzie Bennett, mm-hmm. um, and basically or Eliza or Eliza. Uh, they they're in the sticky situation where because the uh, the family has no male heir, yeah, they're kind of like um they're apparently like upper middle class essentially. Like, yeah, they're not wealthy, but essentially nobody works. Yeah, they, um, they yeah no one works. They have they have servants. Yeah, they they're have they're big house servants. Basically comfortable. Uh, they're very comfortable, but essentially, like if uh if Mister Dart Mister Darcy Mister Bennett were to pass away, essentially the uh like the house and everything would go. to... And that's a big if. Yes, um, would essentially go to the next like male heir, which mm-hmm. is actually this cousin 
uh, named Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins. Uh, who essentially is kind of like a, let's just call him like, he's a dud. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, Mr. Collins is kind of a, he's um, a, a man of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Austin has a lot of weird, like, like weird judgments against man of the cloth. I think she has a weird dislike, like an Emma as well. Like there's one mm-hmm. character who's just like a, like a dickhead priest. Yeah. Uh, she's like a very biting, I mean, we'll get into that later when we talk about how we feel about this, but like, she's a, well, like, and also I kind of took this not so much, I'm thinking about not so much like Jane Austen's kind of viewpoint. I was thinking more of this is like Lizzie's uh, perspective because I'm just like, she's really hard on like them, like the younger sisters. Sure. Uh, but we'll get to that later. I'm sorry. That's getting too far ahead. So, uh, so basically like, yeah, the, the mother in particular, Mrs. Uh, Bennett, Mm -hmm. I keep wanting to call him everyone Darcy in this. (laughs) Uh, so Mrs. Bennett basically is really, really aggressive about like, like girls find a man and marry him. You must, uh, to the point of like being classless about it. Yeah. She's overly aggressive uh, with it. And basically this is how it goes with like the, the daughters and the relationship with like, kind of like men throughout this. Right. Mm -hmm. There are the two eldest uh, daughters who are basically the, the the closest between with those two. Um, There's the eldest Jane and then the second eldest uh, Lizzie. Um, They're kind of like cool headed, but uh, definitely Jane is like the more like people person. Like she loves, like she loves, she she sees like, she's very good natured. yeah. Yeah. She, she's more optimistic and whatnot. She's like, seems a little more, a little more submissive, but she has like, kind of like that inner kind of like sharp edges that like Lizzie kind of has. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie is very reluctant about romance and love and everything. And mm-hmm. even though she's like, quote unquote, older being like, I, this is in the TV show. I missed this in the book. She's like 21 or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, she's like 21, which is like for back then that's like you an know, old maid yeah that you're like on the upper edge of being like you're getting kind of old there from single woman <laughs> um which at this point is like i can't imagine being married at 21 that'd be mm-hmm. stupid uh sweet christ so like so but like she's still like she's very resistant if someone says like how about that hot dude and she's like eh yeah like i'm not into it there's the middle she, she wants yeah. to marry for your love yeah, she she wants to she wants to marry for she wants to marry someone who she wants to marry. Yeah, or I, yeah, I she has, that's the yeah, best thing. Or yeah. she, or she's just not gonna get married. She's not that interested. Because she seems she seems yeah, basically that's what uh, yeah. I mean, we'll get into this later, but like yeah, no. Um, then there's the middle child Mary. Yes, who's dense. Mary's <laughs> a bit, you know, like I like the way the book describes her. It's uh-huh. that you know, she's plain and if she was like less upper ass about being like like smarter than people Mm -hmm. she'd be likable but she as a result of being the plainest sister she Mm -hmm. kind of like got a complex of wanting to be smarter than everyone so she's not very appealing yeah she's and she's when you feel bad for her a little like she kind of like will remind you that like oh she's also kind of unlikable yeah she yeah. like play she chose to play the piano because she was like well i guess i should find something that'll make people like me maybe yeah and yeah. uh and in, in lizzie's mind we have like kind of like a harsher kind of image of her i imagine as mm-hmm. well um if it was just, if it was just jane's mind that we we're in we would kind of have like this really kind of like yeah, she has her faults. She but. has her rough edges, but she's a sweet. But L- Lizzie is sipping her 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 fourth gin and tonic, and, yep. and you know, kind Lizzie's of kind, Lizzie has a bit of a mean streak. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I dig that. But um, anyway, then there's the two youngest, uh, who are kind of like the silly ones. There's uh, in age wise, there goes Kitty, and then the youngest is Lydia. Yes. Um, basically, like they're kind of described as basically being like kind of carefree boy uh, crazy. They're boy crazy. They go crazy about all like the soldiers that are stationed in like the town or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, that's the, for the most part, that's her thing until like later on when, um, 
like a like um so basically uh so that's the this is the story about them in the relationship and basically so like the mother's pushing them to get married married yeah luckily she, uh she, she's not wrong because they're in, they'd be in big trouble if they don't get yeah, married they need one daughter to yeah. marry essentially to marry well and also well here's not, the, not just get married here's the thing they have to marry well but if there was if one of them got married would like that would that male heir essentially still inherit the family's fortune or yeah yeah they get the house it would just be better if they married well yeah, no, okay. like, like it's. I mean, if they got a soul, like a, they married like a poor soldier, that wouldn't be so good because he doesn't have any money either. Yeah, I know, and someone would have to work. Someone have to work. <laughs> oh my god! But, uh, but luckily for them, also that like, there's this dude named like Mr. Bingley. Mr. Bingley. 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 Right. Yeah, Bingley. Okay, yeah. Uh, Bingley came in, he's like this rich ass dude and he's like really kind of giddy and happy and shit. Yeah. He moved uh, into town and right. And like right away, I think like him and Jane start to really hit it off. Yeah. Whereas like the youngest girls are kind of just like hanging out with boys and just being like, I love boys. I love <laughs> boys so much. And then, uh, so there's, and then Bingley has this, brought his bro. Yeah. Uh, this th- tight bro. This, this tall, handsome man who's also insanely rich. Rich as fuck. But also, uh, he seemed, comes across as very cold and yeah. kind of like just uptight. Mm-hmm. And basically when, uh, when his bro, uh, Bingley is just like, yo, this Jane chick is super fucking chill. I'm really into her. Mm-hmm. Hey, what about her sister? He, as we talked before, he just kind of is just like, eh, I yeah. guess I She's wouldn't kick her out of bed. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's really, like, he completely dismisses her and whatnot. And also, uh, uh, Lizzie looks at him and just goes, like, what a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. rightfully so. So, uh, kind of going through, hurry up things a little bit. Because I realize it's, like, this is a simple way to put it. Yeah, I'm like, minutes that's, that's the first, like, two chapters. Yeah, uh, setting everything up. But, uh, so, like, moving on. Um, then, like, sh- uh, shortly after, there's, like, this other soldier who comes in named George Wickham. Mm-hmm. Who's very dashing Wickham. handsome. Uh, he's super interested in Lizzie, and Lizzie also likes as well. Uh, he's very charming. Wickham also points out that, like, oh, yeah, no, me and Darcy go way back. Unfortunately, he's kind of an asshole. He screwed me out of fortunes. And, like, he screwed me out of, like, uh, like his the family fortunes, his inheritance, because, like, he was kind of, like, adopted by uh, Darcy's dad. Yeah. Um, And, like, yeah, and whatnot. And so Lizzie is all, like, fucking fired up. So, like, when there's actually a moment when uh, Hem, uh, Darcy, and Lizzie are happen to dance, um, that... Basically, she's kind of like unloads on him saying it's like, so I hear you're an asshole. Yeah. And he's just like, hmm. Oh, who told you that? Yeah. Oh, Wickham. Oh, I bet. I bet he told me he was like, I'm an asshole. Yes. Exactly. That's and but doesn't really go into it at all or make excuses. Yeah. I mean, Darcy has no like reason or drive to be like, yeah, no. Well, like, I'm going to tell you all this personal shit about how he seduced yeah. my sister. He he does. Yeah, he uh, he. He doesn't feel a need to explain himself. He comes across as very, as the title says, prideful. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's that's supposedly his his thing. I heard something yeah. about the the title and whatnot. Sure. I read about it, but um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, so Jane and Bingley seem to like be engaged, or like they seem like they're kind of heading towards an engagement. But basically, things just kind of weirdly kind of like peter out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bingley goes back to I believe London. Yeah. And uh, Jane goes over to like see him, but like she never, he never, he always says that he's too busy to see her, and she just kind of like wanders back, kind of like dejected, or whatever, right? Yeah. Part okay. of it is that um, well, not to jump ahead, but uh-huh. we discovered yeah, that um that Darcy and Bingley's sisters, his, mm-hmm. his two sisters, are kind of like uh, they're snobby and they think they're basically what people think of Darcy is exactly what they are. They're mm-hmm. cold and snobby and they're really fake. And so they they and Darcy too just kind of like mm-hmm. connive to be like, Bingley, that girl's not in you and if she is, she's only after your money. Yeah. So they convince Mr. Bingley to ghost her. 
Yeah, there, there, there's that too. Yeah, and like it's it's the sisters who are like, sorry, Bingley can't come see you. Yeah, technically they He's busy. If if you want to call characters antagonists, it would be them, and also Catherine de Bourgh. Catherine de Bourgh, who sounds like a, a if if you imagine a James Bond villain when you hear that name, that's exactly what she is. Or just picture James Dame Judi Dench, which is great casting. James Judi Dench. James Judi Dench. Sorry to say, um, who was in the 2005? Yeah. Matthew McFadden. Matthew McFadden, more than meets the eye. Tom! Very true. Tom. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like, uh, having seen him play Tom in, in Succession, I'm actually like, I, actually, you know, I want to see him play. That made me want to see it, because I, I, I didn't care to see it until I saw Matthew McFadden in Succession. He's, like, the best character on the show. Oh, I thought you've seen it. No, I had never seen okay. it until Succession. Okay, okay. I, I thought you, and then I, I was like, I guess I'll watch this. All right. Yeah, I've always been curious about that, but we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. Fucking Joe Wright. All right. Well, you're uh, rank all of our favorite Darcy's. All our favorite Joe Wright movies. Yeah. I think we went off on. Yeah, yeah. When we did. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Anna Karenina. Yeah, we really went like off. Several on. episodes ago. We'll just yeah. do it again. Yeah. Right. We we'll talked about Succession a lot. Long story short. Um. So basically, uh, at some point, it seems very clear that Darcy has feelings for Lizzie. Mm. Darcy proposes marriage to Lizzie. Lizzie goes, "No, fuck you. I hear you're an asshole, and you kind of are an asshole." And he just yeah. goes, "Well, good day, ma'am." Well, no, Benson. more than that, okay. like Darcy. When Dusty proposes to her, he's uh-huh. like, Here, here's the proposal, basically. It's yeah. like, like, I can't believe I'm saying this to someone like you with your terrible family and your really obnoxious face, but mm-hmm. I'm in love with you, and even though you're way beneath me, I want to marry you. Yes. And so she's like, like, fucking excuse me? Yeah, yeah. And and she also, then she also throws like, in the like, Wow, thanks. Like thanks, uh, to quote, uh, what's her face? Thanks, I hated it. Uh, yeah. Thanks, I hate it. What's her name? Uh, Lindsay Ellis. Thank you, thank you, Lindsay Ellis, dear lady. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh. So basically, and she b- throws b- the whole b- Wickham b- thing in his face as well. Yeah, she throws that, and then basically he gives her like a letter that he wrote, kind of explaining kind of like the the the, the feelings, or basically it's like um. He, well, the other thing is that like she also heard that. Uh, Darcy himself had also helped uh, kind of break apart the the Jane and Bingley uh, proposal, yeah. uh, basically because the way that he Colonel said, Fitzwilliam tells he, her. he made or he tells her I'm sorry Colonel Fitzwilliam yeah he, he she to, uh, Fitzwilliam not Fitzwilliam Darcy Fitzwilliam yeah. uh, I don't know why I don't know why either <laughs> it's like oh let's make it kind of hard to kind of distinguish between the two that, I mean Mr Darcy's never really called Fitzwilliam a lot no he's just Mr Darcy you know. Um, I would, if, uh, 100 of Solitude can do that thing, I guess, you know, yeah. it's like, who are we to complain? But, um, super, super charmingly in, in the Lizzie Bennett gyri- the diaries, gyries, gyries, um, first of all, um, Mr. Bingley is Asian and his name is Bing space Lee, yeah. which is pretty cool. And, um, uh, Colonel Fitzwilliam is just named Fitz Williams. So he's just Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. I, I, I saw that with the, um. With the yeah, I was I briefly like wikied it real quick, and it's not like, like the did? name. The names were like being Lee, and I was like, ah, oh, all right, yeah, cool. Oh, I loved Lizzie Bennet Diaries so fucking much. Uh, but moving, moving on. So moving swiftly along, Darcy. Yeah, well, I I keep doing trying to do the fast <laughs> thing, and you're like, hold on, let me explain exactly what happened. Sure, sure, I was sure, like, all right. No, I mean, no, if like, I, like, mm-hmm. no, this is the time to do that. Yeah. But I'm also trying. I'm also trying to bounce between like expl- like like grading things and what's doing this. That's it. Yeah. So Darcy kind of says like, yeah, I did this. I saw that my bro Bingley was like super into Jane but Jane just kind of seemed like nice about things so mm-hmm. like rather than have her kind of like rush into like this marriage for money I kind of was like 
he kind of like a he basically didn't tell uh, his bro Bingley that Jane was around and just like let things kind of fall apart. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. That said, he goes like, "Oh, and Mister Wickham, he's a fucking asshole." Fuck Wickham. More like fuck him. Where basically he had an inheritance from uh, Darcy's dad, Mister Mister Darcy. Mm-hmm. That's exactly Mister Darcy. Name. Darcy. Uh, and like base, but he blew it right away, and he wanted more money. Darcy keeps saying like, "No, you spent all your money." Uh. Uh. Wickham was supposed to study for the clergy, the clergy, clergy he's going to be yeah. a clergyman. Um, but instead he was too busy, like kind of like doing his own thing and gambling and, and, and whoring, gambling and whoring. I don't know if he was actually whoring and just like, like f- fucking and um, not to get into it, but like, yeah, this, this book exists in like the kind of like culture where basically like fucking around is like the most shameful thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Um, f- for men, let alone dub, you know, like a hundred times for women, of course, but we'll yeah. get into that later. But uh, so, yeah, so so basically, uh, Wickham tried to do this thing where he tried to marry uh, Darcy's uh, little sister, Georgiana. Georgiana. Georgiana, who was only 15 at the time. Not that that was a problematic thing. No, that was a problem I, back then. I made the joke where like Darcy was like, how dare you pr- propose marriage to my 15-year-old sister? For her money. <laughs> for my money, I'm sorry. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, so he, like, Darcy was like, no, no, he's an asshole. He's just trying to fucking get back at us, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so like saying like this is this the deal with Wickham he's kind of like a fuckboy you yeah know? he's a fuckboy snake he's a fuckboy snake and he's also like has like a personal grudge against Darcy you know yeah but uh yeah uh, so that happens uh, uh uh Lizzie gets invited to like hang out in the country with her uh, aunt and uncle yes who are like pretty level headed people unlike yeah. most of her family I believe it's um it's uh it's Mrs Bennett's sister and her husband yeah um oh I forgot their name uh I was just trying to think of their name the other day Phillips is it no it's it's oh, something yeah do you mind looking gardner. at uh, uh, gardner thank you, yeah man. gardner um so uh so moving on um and while they're out there let's like oh also i don't remember the name of what's the name of the uh the cat the the estate pemberley pemberley it's like oh by the way pemberley is over the hair do you want to go to pemberley pemberley the most beautiful estate in all of fucking england yes by the way run by excellent bachelor man mr darcy mr Darcy. So she's like, "All right, I'll guess I'll hang out at his I'll house." look at his house, and she looks at his ha- at his house, and let me tell you, it's a big fucking house. It's man. a nice fucking house. Lizzie, all of a sudden, is just being like, "Well, you know, he wasn't that rude. He wasn't that much of an asshole, man. Look at these windows." So like, she's super into the house and whatnot, and it's really big. And then Mister Darcy kind of shows up early. Oh no! Before that, um, uh, one of like the servants is kind of like giving like uh her and her aunt and uncle kind of like a tour of the house. Basically, just being like, "Listen." He's like a fucking chill ass dude, man. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Love him. Uh, which like you know, for me, I'm just like I'm like, well, yeah, it's our job to say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but uh, but Lizzie's super like like oh wow, he's nice to the help. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Uh, um. So that said, uh, Darcy comes home and uh, like kind of early, and they kind of have like a moment where like she starts seeing him as like like him in his like house as opposed to him in like London, and realizes that like in the city, he's kind of um blunt yeah. and standoff ungraceful standoff like he comes across as prideful well, i still think he's prideful but like he's definitely prideful he's that's pri- for sure he's prideful but like he, he has that whole monologue early on where he's like i can't love a woman unless she's super beautiful speaks six languages <laughs> is a great piano player and um is like wicked tall yeah and lizzie's like oh wow um where are you gonna find one of those in your house <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> he, he Darcy's he, a bit of a dick, and he does get he gets his pride kicked a notch or two by Lizzie when like she shuts him down. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, both of them kind of get like 
have like their kind of like like their headspace kind of like kicked in a little bit and yeah. changed for the better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Darcy like Darcy comes across as like more of like a level headed guy. He just seems like more of just like a really really nice. Yeah, more than anything, he's like actually really nice. I guess when he's not. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just like you know. Thing. I'm still kind of wrapping my head about like this like kind of betrayal because yeah, I also have. The... I think one, he was humbled. Two, yeah. he still loves Lizzie. Yeah. And three, like he, you know, he's in his element. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's home. He's comfortable. I mean, Darcy's kind of mm-hmm. like he's not so much an asshole. He's just kind of like shy and he doesn't like to yeah, yeah. waste time talking to people he doesn't want to talk he, to he's not a he's not let's say like a people person yeah he's more like, like elon musk <laughs> uh, maybe does that make grimes i'm lizzie yeah well i was thinking of too little riley but yeah oh yeah, yeah. sure right, um, too. i imagine well i have no idea i have no idea what grimes is like as a person i, mean, I can't imagine i can't imagine i i, I don't know um i think they're divorced already right already no, she's pregnant. no i'm sorry i'm thinking about Tallulah Riley again. Yeah. All right. That's it. Anyway. Um. So yeah, like they seem to be getting along really well, and Lizzie seems very, very receptive. Even though, again, it might be a culture thing, but like, women don't really like come forward with their kind of feelings, and yeah. let alone I don't know if anyone really just comes forward with their feelings. Yeah. They just kind of part of why Jane, um, why Mister Bingley gets convinced that Jane isn't into him is as Jane. Well, one does play it cool, but mm-hmm. she also has to play it cool. Yeah. Or else she'd look like her younger sister. She'd look like a loose woman of ill morals. Like a, fl- like a flirt. Yeah. And you yeah. don't want to be a flirt. But uh, so like, and that's, that's kind of like how the story is basically told, like indirectly through gossip, through beastly people, like kind of like saying like, well, let me tell you about this person. Yeah. And it's kind of like the cultural dance of this whole, this world, and like this novel, especially. Right. Um. So anyway, uh, so they seem to be getting along. And uh, unfortunately, Lizzie gets note that uh, saying that like Lydia, the youngest flirty sister, mm-hmm. um, basically ran away with Wickham. Wickham. And like I think he told uh, Wickham told Lydia that they were going to get married, and then like they ran away, and then like didn't get married. And apparently, like this would be like the stain of the reputation of the Bennett name that'll ruin all the daughters for marriage. Yeah, ruin forever. And and uh, Jane, uh, Jane, uh, Lizzie tells uh, Mr. Darcy this, and Mr. Darcy kind of like. Like just goes like, oh shit! I need to do something. Let me and take then, care of some. Oh, uh, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, and then he starts taking off his shirt, and it's a Superman ass. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but no, and Lizzie just kind of goes like, oh, I guess that's the last I'm gonna see. Because I scared him, him off. He shit. Does, he doesn't want to fuck me no more. Nope. Um, he doesn't want to tarnish his family and name with the Bennets if the loose sister Bennets. But uh, so, yeah, so uh, Lizzie goes home. Like all the family's kind of in turmoil and everything. Yada yada yada. Uh, Etc. Basically, what kind of happens is that uh, Darcy kind of go like truly goes out of his way. He chases down Wickham. Uh, just he hunts like, him down. Hunts him down and kills him with a crossbow and slaughters him yeah. with a big <laughs> fucking bow. Just just <laughs> kicks open the door and you know, just uses a battle axe and just murders <laughs> him. <laughs> Chops his fucking head off. <laughs> End of the novel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leaves Lydia screaming in a pool of blood. Yeah. Just walks out. Yeah, the end. And then there's a police constable that goes, Mr. Darcy, you murderer! <laughs> He's French. <laughs> a French cop. Wait, what is... Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm doing the thing from Van Helsing. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was like, yeah, that's right. That is French. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway. So, uh, no, uh, he shows up and basically uh, kind of like works out a financial deal with uh, Wickham saying, it's yeah. like, hey, by the way, if I cover all these debts that he's like t- he's like basically has all over the His town crazy gambling debts etc uh, uh i will like help like you will mar- i'll do this fucking marry lydia because yeah. apparently that was the only like way out of this situation he, he pays him off and makes sure that he marries lydia to save her reputation yeah as much as as great as it doesn't seem that lydia is getting married to a man who's like constantly uh like 
you know, running up debts and shit. Yeah. And also, like, for some reason, after, like, once we know that Wickham's, like, not a good dude, like, everyone, like, the whole family's just like, oh, all I hear are fucking awful things about this guy. Yeah. But, uh, so, like, it's, it always seems kind of like a mixed kind of uh, opinion about that. But I, uh, I think the, that's, that's an element of, of Austin's satirizing the society. Yeah. Which is like, oh, all the things that'll make it right. The marriage to the horrible man will make it right. Well, that's the world we live in. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a cold. Yeah, she's well aware of, yeah. like, the horrible, like, fucking hypocrisy of all of it. Yeah. That, that, that's interesting. It, it is the interesting. But, um, uh, long story short, uh, Darcy also tells Bingley, his bro, saying it's like, by the way, by the way, I was very unbro like Dude, I, my B. You know what? That's my fault. I'm did that. This one's on me, bro. I'm sorry. Sorry, bro. Do me a solid dog and hit her up again. <clears throat> yeah, and then so Bingley Send her a nude. Bingley totally like, you know, says like, uh, hey, you up? Uh to, to <laughs> Jane. W I D. And and uh basically it comes like like comes over, but the kind of like soothes things over. They just kind of get like to like together. They're engaged. Yep. And then Darcy, I think. Well, before Darcy shows up, Catherine de Borg uh-huh. is just like, "I hear you're going to marry Mister Darcy," uh-huh. and they're like, "But because Catherine de Borg, uh, what she wants one of her uh, daughters. Um, I'm kind of blank, blank on this. One of her daughters, she kind of wanted her to marry Mister Darcy. Yes. Um, uh, Catherine de Borg has an even wealth has like the wealthiest family of all these characters. Yeah. And like, there's some kind of. Uh, I think she was friends with Mr. Darcy's mom or something yeah, like that. Yeah, she their family. Okay. Like, it's his aunt. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the cousin marrying thing is like super chillsville there. It's super chillsville, man. You got mm. money. You marry yeah. your fucking rich ass cousin. cousin, dude. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, in, uh, yeah. And then basically but what happens is that Mr. Darcy shows up and goes like, yeah, I want to marry you. And Lizzie mm. goes, that's cool. Chill. And, then, and then everyone gets married. The end. And then the end. Happy days. And that's, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's all the PNP, baby. That's, that's the PNP. PNP. Mm-hmm. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. So. Yeah. Oh, I feel lightheaded after saying all that. <laughs> I think it's like the, the, the closed closet door or something like that. Could be. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. So Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Your history with this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when was the first time you've read this? Uh first time I read this. Well, I watched it first, actually. Okay. That what happened was that um I I, I forget what the context was. I genuinely don't remember. Mm-hmm. I was still living in New York. I think my mom was in the Philippines for like a week or something. Mm-hmm. And I came down to visit my dad. The idea that I did this of my own volition is very confusing to me. I'm like, when did I do that? Mm-hmm. That's weird. But we had a nice time together, and what we did basically is because my father and I were Asian, we don't talk, we sat there and decided to watch all fucking six hours of the Pride and Prejudice thing. And I- The, the I, 1995 TV. Yeah, the 1995 Colin Firth, Jennifer Ely adaptation. Yes. And I was a bit reluctant, but I'm like, well, I guess it's something to do. And I got absolutely crazy fucking engrossed in it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I'd already really liked Bridget Jones' Diary. I've always been like, a, like I like romantic stories. Bridget Jones' Diary, which apparently is also an adaptation. A loose adaptation, a loose adaptation of, adaptation of, of Yeah. I think the TV show or something like that, right? Oh, no. I mean, the movie is. I mean, the book okay. came out like way earlier. But oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. When did that book come out? I, I have no know. idea. Actually, I didn't know it was a book. <laughs> yeah, it was a book first. Okay. And, uh, so I watched it, and then after that, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking read this shit. So read this I shit. did, and I definitely did not regret it. And I'm a huge fan of Pride and Prejudice. Prejudice. One of those things for me. Um, it's one of those like, like I, I think the writing itself is neat. Mm-hmm. I am not, you know, I'm not wild about Jane Austen's writing style. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is, 
exactly what it is. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I, I like how much more direct it is. I thought it was gonna be a lot more Dickensian, with like lots of loops and circles. Um, yeah. Th- well, this isn't a serial, right? No. No, this is a novel. This is a novel, yeah. dog. That, that's why. Um, not not to get too far into it on a tangent, but like, no, that's why I always have a hard time getting into like Dickens and such, yeah. because you know, it's the same thing with like trying to read Huck Finn, where it, like they're serials, so like everything is so episodic that there's a whole chapter where it's like they just fucked around and doing this. And then they came back to this, and it's like getting back to the plot, and then they nope. fucked around and did this, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, how long is this book? Yeah, you're getting <laughs> yeah. paid by the word, so yeah. I'm like, ugh. And I, I like how much more efficient it is, but really, I think like the star of the story is the character writing mm-hmm. and the plotting. People still use like people. It's still popular today, which is amazing. Yeah, and people still use the nature of the plotting of um, the Lizzie and Mr. Darcy romance, a Wickham tr- love triangle, for basic character um, uh, character development today. Yeah, that uh, oh, you meet two characters, meet they fucking hate each other yeah. and then they eventually come to understand and love one another yeah like hugh grant's whole career is pretty is, much it's based on like the the pride and prejudice kind of like template essentially yeah um which is kind of funny considering the fact that he, he was, was apparently jones. he was in bridget jones diary as a i'm assuming he would be like the wickham guy he's the wickham character okay and of course the the darcy guy in that is actually named darcy and is Mark actually darcy. played by uh colin firth who mm-hmm. played uh mr darcy in the 1995 adaptation yeah so, yeah, no, I've been curious about that. Like, how much if, of, like, because uh, we just watched the Crash Course Literature video before yeah. this. And, like, you know, when he was, uh, when he basically wanted to talk about the, like, like this influence on, like, the romance novel, he made every Lower point. Case he made every point uh, that, like, uh, how different this was from, like, a Byronic uh, uh, romance. And it's like, mm-hmm. nobody's asking if this is about a Byronic romance. Mm-hmm. They're asking about the romance genre as it exists today. Yeah. Like, is a lot of that kind of based on, on like, the kind of, like, Austin books? Like, obviously, like, they're more heated and whatnot and explicit or whatever. But, like, like the story structures and, like, the character kind of templates? I would say so. Honestly, I think, like, that the, the modern, like, rom-com is, has, takes a lot of pages out of what, what of what Austin built. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I'm, uh, I, I'm still trying to get you to pay the full $20 to see the new Emma adaptation, because it was really good. Oh, yeah, I totally want to see it, too. Yeah, it's, it's just, great. Uh, it's $20. I know. I want it to be, like, Never Really, Sometimes like Always came out, too, and I, I really, really want to see it, yeah. but $20? I know, That's man. Why? Fucking rough. Well, I'll probably do it anyway. I really the, want to see it. Knives Out was ten bucks. I fucking bought that Dude, shit. Instantly, got to do it. Emma, be gotta, ten bucks. Got to do it. Or be on like Amazon Video. Or Nagada. Something. Nagada. Yeah, but I think that a lot of modern romance now takes pages from like how you tell a love story. I think I'm. I read that book about um, uh, plotting a romance, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is that people have um holes in who they are, and people meet. You can't have people fall in love immediately because that's not a story. Yeah. And so, like, the foundation for um, a love-hate, will-they-won't-they-meet-cute stems from Austin, as far as I can tell. I don't yeah. know any other earlier love stories that were as complex and invested in the human emotions of the characters. Uh, I would really want to kind of, like, uh, I'm interested in that, whether or not, because I, I can easily imagine where it's, like, Austin might not might not have been the person to kind of, like, create these kind of character templates or, like, the conflict, essentially. Mm-hmm. But she's, like, a major pioneer. Yeah, the popularized which, it. Which is nothing. I mean, that's, like, what Shakespeare was, you know? Yeah. It's, like, it's like no, he didn't invent... He didn't invent a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's doing what was done before. He just did it. He created a new template. Yeah, he cre- He made it big. He he knew how to work it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um... But, yeah, uh, I feel like I was going to ask something else. Uh, well, I, we're also running really long. Yes. Daniel, do you want to quickly tell some of your thoughts on it before we go to, go play a game and play, uh, go on a break? I tell you what, I will tell you how I feel about this. Oh, man. But after 
We play a game. Whoa! And then after we come back from that break. So much suspense! So Gabriel? Uh-huh. Let's throw it to break. Okie dokie. Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener readers. What up? Two. Slow readers. Two rose leaders. America's Fast Paced Literature Podcast. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. Hey. And this is Game Time. Game Time. Gabriel. Yep. I kind of farted this game out. Okay. As you can imagine, uh, I came to the first thing in my head. Sure. And Gabriel. What is it? Pride and Prejudice is almost synonymous right now with a lot of pop uh, pop culture with fucking Colin Firth because man, it made his career. Uh huh. Like the reason why Colin Firth is Colin Firth today is because of the 1995. Absolutely, adaptation. that's and very true. Him doing the James Darcy. It made him a star. James uh, Darcy. James Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> Fitzwilliam. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, he's also James Darcy. Fitzwilliam and Mark. That'd be a head fuck. But no, Gabriel. Yeah. Let's celebrate. James Darcy himself. <laughs> sure. That'd be funny if I was actually James on James Darcy. Darcy. I yeah, wish I did sure. it there. I wish I did it now, to be honest. Yeah, that'd no, be great. This is about Colin Firth and a little game I like to call Firthfest. Sure. Firthfest? Firthfest. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, yeah. I'm going to ask you five questions. Okay. Testing you on your knowledge. On Colin Firth? Uh, I was going to call it America Darling. Uh, world's Darling. Yeah. Uh, Colin Firth. Our king's Academy man. Academy Award winning actor. Yeah. Gabriel. Yep. Number one. First dog. Both of my parents were born in 1959. Is Colin Firth older or younger than my parents? Oh, um, that's a good question. Mm, 1959. I'm going to guess younger. Younger. Final answer. Yes. That is correct. He was born in 1960. Oh, wow. He's one year younger than my parents. My goodness. Yeah. That's uh, when people of that age, I'm always just like, where do they rank between like how old my parents are? Sure. All right. <clears throat> well, Frank and Gina. Good job. You got one so far? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel, moving on. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. Firth received his first nominated nomi- nomination, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to say, in 1996, a Screen Actors Guild for Outstanding Performance by Cast, uh, for co-starring in this hit film in 1996, I will give you the. I will give you a hint for the three leads in that movie. Okay. Do you want that? Sure. Then okay. The this movie stars Ray Fiennes, mm-hmm. Juliette Binoche, mm-hmm. and William Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. M two. Um, <laughs> is that the English Patient? Yeah. Good job. That was the English Patient, nineteen ninety six, which uh, Colin Firth was uh, co starring in it. I didn't even know he was in that. Yeah, neither did I. Um, Sweet. So moving on. <clears throat> Number three. Good job. Yeah. You got two so far. Yeah. How many times has Colin Firth portrayed Darcy, counting each Bridget Jones movie as its own entry? Okay. How many times? Um, He has played him in the Brian Prejudice TV show, Bridget Jones' Diary, Bridget Jones' Edge of Reason, and Bridget Jones' Baby. So four times. Four times. Final answer? Yes. Yeah. Good job. He was in... Four different Darcy movies. Four C's. <laughs> Four C's, okay. Good job, Gabriel. You have three so far. Oh, my God. Two yes. more. Okay. This one, it gets slightly tougher. Uh-oh. Or I'm assuming. I don't know. Uh-huh. I didn't think this one out. <clears throat> All right. How many feature films did Colin Firth star in in 2019? Oh, gosh. Um, we could arrange. What's that? We could arrange. Uh, I will say... Less than four. Hmm. Less than four. So the multiple choices. One, <laughs> one two, two, or three. Or one and a half. I'm going to guess it was three. 
three. Final answer. Sure. Damn. Oh, it's so long. It's so long. Gabriel, he was in one movie. What was it? In 2019. It was 1917. Uh, oh, I forgot right. he was in that. Or a movie I didn't see. It. Yeah, I forgot he was in it. I saw it and I forgot. Yeah, it. he's in a trailer. He's in like one scene. You know, yeah. Exactly what you thought it was. Anyway, Gabriel, moving on. So far, three out of four. Okay. Right. Number five. Number five alive. Colin Firth co-stars in the St. Trinian movies. Sure. How many films in this surprise hit film series are there? Oh, I have no idea. Um, also, starring Colin Firth, because there's there's more movies than that. I should have worded that better. Wait, how many? How many okay, um, how many? How many movie? How many Saint Trinian movies are there starring Colin Firth slash that generation of like the actors and whatnot? Oh, uh, I don't know. Two. Final answer. Sure. I think fell asleep. Hold on. Hey! Good job, Gabriel. There are two. There's Saint Trinians and then Saint Trinians subtitle. I forgot what it was. Sure. You know, that mo- yeah, that movie has like quite a cast with uh, him, uh, Russell Brand, and also Tallulah Riley, Gemma Turton, um, like Juno Temple, and like a bunch of other like. I, mean, really I love stories about teenage girls in the uh, UK. Yeah, it's a uh, and also just like behaving badly. Probably not as actually funny as Dairy Girls. Yeah, everyone watch Dairy Girls. You <clears throat> don't don't lie. You have the time. It's on Netflix, and Dairy Girls is one of the best and funniest shows I've seen in a very long yeah, time. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Uh, but this though I, is probably like marketed towards like fourteen year old girls probably. Sure. Um, where it's like not like gonna be funny, but no, I would have seen it already if it wasn't just like yeah, I'm not the audience for that. Yeah, hey, let's let's have a marathon. Oh yeah, both movies. Yeah, yeah, but the first one apparently is still uh, one of the uh, most the highest grossing uh, British indie movies ever. Sure, in the past thirty years, especially. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, good job. Yeah, you got four out of five, which is basically I know I, basically, I got first out of five. You got first out of five. Sure, five. First out of five. first out of fifth. Okay, that's it. Uh, we, let's go on break. Cool. When we come back, we have final thoughts. I'll talk about how we feel and also what we're going to be reading next. Time. I'm a champion. Um, cut the break. Welcome back. Hello again, everyone. Dear listener readers. Good to be back. Two. Let me read just two. 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 Slow readers. Hey, I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this has been... Gabriel, we've never, never done this before. Mm-hmm. Where essentially, when we actually take a break in the show... Yeah. Uh, we actually take like an extended break because... Um, a yeah, peak- normally, we'll just go for a bathroom break or we'll get another drink... Yeah, actually, of anything between part like the second and third parts, usually we just go like, "Are you ready? I'm ready? Okay, cool." Yeah, like it's usually a break between like the first part and the second part. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, uh, a day has passed. Yes, basically. basically an entire day. Yeah, I had to go into work, which was a nice full like magical eight hours of driving around Los Angeles delivering bottles of liquor. Oh, um, I guess this is fine to say on air, Daniel. I meant to text you this when it happened. I don't think I did. Guess who I delivered a bottle to today? Who? It's an awesome celebrity. Okay. It was Bill Nye, the science guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's pleasant. <laughs> um, uh, like uh, the the girl at the liquor store um uh, gave me the bottle. She's oh, this is for Bill Nye, the science or Bill Nye. I'm like the actor or the science guy. <laughs> and uh, she's like the, the science guy. And I came up to his door. I'm in my full mask and gloves. Mm-hmm. This is in California. This is in Los Angeles. Okay. As we are. And um, uh, I come up to the house. It's this really charming house. It's not like huge or anything. It's in, like a regular suburban kind of neighborhood. I go up to the door. I give him a door. I bring the doorbell. Door opens slightly, like cautiously at first, being like, oh, you can just leave it there. And then he sees him wearing a mask and gloves. Then he opens the door all the way. He's like, oh, hi. So you're from uh, from the liquor store, right? 
Um, I'm like, yes, yes, I am. He's like, oh, well, that's great. It's a great liquor store. How are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing good. I'm trying not to like gush. freak out yeah. or gush. <laughs> and he like super, super charmingly is like, oh, this is great from Flash. Okay. Oh, also, um, uh, a good thing I have this. He pulls out of nowhere like a... Like a, a kind of rubbing alcohol, like a mister. Uh-huh. Like he gets, it's a bottle of like like disinfectant basically that he jerry rigged himself somehow. Okay. And he like spritzy, he pulls it out like a like comically like a gun. He's like, ha And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. I love it. He sprays it down. He's like, well, you have a great day and you stay safe. And I'm like, thank you so much, sir. You too. Huh. So Bill Nye, incredibly fucking sweet and just uh, just really nice guy. Yeah, supposedly, like in terms of like like you know celebrities meeting them people, supposedly like Bill Nye is one of those people who like is exactly the character yeah. that he basically does when he's Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, supposedly, uh, I, I told this to my manager, and supposedly Bill Nye um, uh, is a regular at the liquor store that I work for. Okay. And um, whenever Neil deGrasse Tyson's in town, he stays at Bill Nye's house. And then the two of them will go to the liquor store, pick out a really nice bottle of wine, mm-hmm. and just hang out and drink it at Bill Nye's house, oh. which just sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a sounds like a real real chill time. Yeah, <sighs> having like a nice beautiful bottle of wine, just talking about. Just being like, hey, Bill, no, I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) I'm going to do the voices. All right. So, yeah, um, productive day at work, guys. Productive day at work. And I did something very similar. Uh, What did you do, Daniel? I Death Stranding all day. Yeah, that's basically the same thing. No, basically, it's like I was traveling around America. Did you meet Conan O'Brien? I didn't meet Conan O'Brien. That's right. He's supposed to be in there. I haven't met him yet. Okay. Uh, I I have, I regularly meet, like, like, two of the tutorial people, even though, like, I think, like, half of the main characters you talk to are regular tutorial people. Like, you're basically like, hey, Sam, this is how you do this. Uh, One of them is uh, Guillermo del Toro, and the other one is Nicholas Winding Refn. Sure. Uh, Both, both of the filmmakers, they're not portraying themselves. Like, it's, they're scanned. So, like, when you look at them, it is Guillermo del Toro. What a, what a, what a thing. The filmmakers, in case, I'm sorry, we're talking about. How much English do you think Hideo Kojima speaks? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen him say anything. I also don't regularly like him. So like, he, you know, yeah. like he's he's as close to like a video game prima donna there is. He yeah, he's the closest to like an actual like like a, a Gabriel. Not to get not, I, speaking of like the 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 video game history that pro- possibly you don't know. People like John Carmack and uh, John Romero. Oh sure, um, Daikatana. Like the Doom people. Yeah, the Daikatana people who like they they were huge in uh yeah from like making Doom and like then there's also Gabe Newell who does like Valve and Half Life yeah. and everything. So, but like those are like like those guys right there are like some of the only like big like auteur slash rock star sure, will write people mm-hmm. the will writes yes there you go what yeah will Wright. will Wright, the guy who made the sims uh is that yeah, his name yeah no i yeah i forget about him yeah i was never a big sim person oh well sims no, no, not really oh i liked it i just yeah i think it was because it was always for the computer oh that's fair you know where like i never had a computer mm-hmm. which is comical right now if you look back at all the sims that they're all really janky or whatever yeah. Anyway, Pride so, and Prejudice. Prejudice. Listen, a day has passed. A day has passed. Yes. Uh, and it's the most important that we talk about. we got to recalibrate. we got to get back to talking about literature. And we're going to get back to talking about the famous video game dudes from... Yeah, and Bill <laughs> Nye, a science guy. And Bill Nye, a science guy. A, and a, drinking. A true gentleman. I got a nice cocktail made by Gabe. Yeah, baby. Um, props to uh, Carter Allen, our dear friend and good bartender. Mm, yeah, it's a fantastic drink here, Carter. I'm drinking the Midsummer. Yeah. It's my mouth like really like started gushing. Do you know that Florence right Pugh is dating Zach Braff? Yeah. Oh, uh, did you know that Anna de Armas is dating Ben Affleck? Really? Yeah. 
Uh, so that's it. Anyway, Pride and Prejudice. Also, have you ever seen the picture of uh, Florence Pugh when she was when she found out that she was nominated for like best? Yeah, her nippies actress? out. Yeah, like someone made the point. It's like oh, Zach Braff took that. It's like yeah, there's something kind of like I that just feels weird knowing that Zach Braff took this picture. Yeah, it feels a little odd. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he's good looking. Uh, Pride and Prejudice, sure. Daniel. You did not give us um your thoughts at all, basically. Pride and Prejudice on P and P. Quite a quite a trailer. Jean Austin. Um. Yeah, Gabriel. Uh, mm-hmm. no, this is actually kind of like a huge thing, especially me finally getting around to reading Pride and Prejudice, because yes. what I didn't say before, uh, during our very long, uh, first part of this, which mm-hmm. is, by the way, this isn't a, like two hour episode, who gives mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but basically this, this book has two things that are basically like no go zones for me. Yeah. One, it is before the 20th century. I yes. try to avoid literature before the 20th century. All right. Two, it's British literature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, a fun thing about it, not to undercut you right away, uh-huh. it's that um, people people who were the popular people back then, the 19th century English writers, were the ones you don't like. Like, you don't like George Eliot, and you don't like uh, um, Dickens. Yeah. And Austin is decidedly neither of those two writers. Yeah. But. But. Still kind of is, but yeah, you're right. It, it's, it's, very, it's very much a far cry. And also, again, like, there have been times when I've also been, like, reading something and I enjoy it, and then I just lose track because it's impossibly long because it's a fucking serial. You know? Sure. Which is, like, the problem you get, like, anytime you try and read, like, The Three Musketeers or something oh, like yeah. that. You know? Where it's like, oh, this is a fun adventure, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's like 10, se- 10 seasons of a, of a series, you know? Yeah. It's like anime and filler. Yeah. This one, this one's a little more concise. I mean... Yeah, for the most part, it really is. There's not really... Comparatively. There, comparatively, yeah. So, like, that's why, essentially, like, I've always been, like, avoiding something like this, sure. essentially. Um, you, like, as long as I've known you, you've you've had a um, a comically trolly indifference to Jane Austen. To Jane Austen, yes. Yeah. And um, and I, I, I had, I'd reinforced that kind of in a dickish way mm-hmm. uh, by basically off-quoting the Mark Twain thing. Yes. Yes. Which, uh, odd, uh, funnily enough, that's the first time I've met uh, 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 La Professora. Yes. Uh, so, because basically you introduced me. And don't be wrong, some of that's also your fault because the way you introduced me is like, oh, she's a huge Jane Austen fan. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Which, I, yeah. I, knew it, I knew it would be an amusing button, <laughs> but I also didn't anticipate you immediately bringing that up and her immediately curtly being like, yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. And like, so it's like the worst kind of thing. And also I thought this was just some person I was meeting too. Yes, like no, that's another thing. It was too. my girlfriend. Yeah. Or your future girlfriend yeah. at that point. This was at this point, this was just like, Oh, here's somebody at the bar. Oh, right. We weren't dating yet. Yeah. No, this is like way back when. Yeah. Like I, I don't know how long you've actually known her at that point. Oh, I'd known her for a couple of like, like, off and on, like for like a year and change. Like before then, because that was a while ago. Oh no, I I I'd met her like randomly, you, uh-huh. and then I knew her from around town, and then I started like knowing her from when I started working at that bar. Okay, but I did not. Yeah, this wasn't someone who was yeah. just like, so I know this person. Yeah, yeah. So like that comically, like that was the first thing. So yes. it was an awesome like foot in the mouth kind of scene, uh, uh-huh. thing for me as well. So, and uh, yeah, for my, for me, it's always been like, oh yeah, here's the silly story about how I met. What this is person. what is the Twain quote again? The Twain, well, the Twain quote. I'm sorry. Yeah, we haven't actually mentioned that being esoteric again. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially, like Twain uh, being hard, like anti Jane Austen. Um, old Sammy. Old, old, old Sammy Clemens Jr. Oh, I was gonna have to say like Sammy. Who the fuck? Sammy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Mark Twain said something along the lines of like uh, any library immediately loses its luster in uh, in quality by containing like a single novel of Jane Austen. Something I, like why that. Why did he hate her so much? Mm, just doesn't give a shit about this 
story. Might have just been like I mean, a, a reactionary kind of choice. Yeah, it could be. Maybe he was a little sexist. I don't know. Yeah. It I could mean, be. There, there wasn't a huge time difference between her and him. Pick one. I mean, well, yeah, there's a hundred years. <laughs> well, what time was, was uh, Tween around? He died in the 20th century. Oh, he did? Yeah. Actually, I want to look up real quick when he died. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a long jump between oh. them. Well, she also, died in, she died in like 18 something. Yeah. She died in like 1810. <laughs> yeah. And then wasn't he around like late 1800s? No, he was like way late. He like died. Here one second. Oh, I, mean, so I don't know that much Mark Twain. Do, 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 do. Mark Twain's another person who it's like, I, I give him a lot of credit, even though I've never really read a lot of things they've done because it's just, yeah. it, he also falls into like that 20th century thing. It's like, I just don't, I can't I have a hard time getting Yeah. The thing. idea of him doesn't match up to my actually reading him. Yeah. It's like Little Women, where you know you you'd Little hope... Women, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, um, speaking of which, uh, here's actually a good point. So you're 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 kind of correct here because he was actually born in 1835. See, that's what I thought. He was born 25 years later. However, most of his like famous books, yeah, Tom Sawyer came out in 76, and Hawk Finn came out in 84. Hmm. So like, he, he's still kind of like all the stuff came out like at the end of like, like the, the difference uh, of like like the Beatles and now. Plus he was, plus his style, his style, he's not, you know, he was like American. Distinctly like, Southern American. He was a singular voice. Yeah. The, what I always, what I always like talking about when it comes to Mark Twain, which I would love to talk about if we ever did Mark Twain, but I don't want to do Mark Twain. Um, <laughs> like Tark Wayne. But like essentially the idea is that, um, yeah, like uh, American literature back then was essentially just British literature because American literature yeah. didn't have value. Like mm-hmm. there was no kind of like, you wouldn't say like, oh, I want to write a book in like American vernacular. People would be like. Like who was like the great American writer before Twain? There, like Washington Irving. There were some, but like they're not they're not as prominent. Like yeah, you had like uh, Louisa May Alcott. You had uh, sure. uh, fucking Walt Whitman. He was American. He was a huge dude. Yeah, he was a novelist though. He, yeah, but he was like, but he was like everything. Like everybody loved that guy. He was a rock star, even though he hated women. <laughs> mm, that's um, but anyway, no, there was like uh, Melville, who probably became popular later on maybe mm-hmm. uh and um and poe kind of a similar way also kind of got like that's he was popular but like he became like yeah out, the know, posthumous thing afterwards. i mean jane austen wasn't wasn't very popular until she was posthumous yeah i don't think so yeah right yeah okay. she did okay um, her books definitely sold she made like a living and they were popular enough but <clears throat> um she didn't really become a household name until much later yeah so also by the fact they're published anonymously while she was alive yeah as as a lot of uh, women writers did yeah you know like uh you know they have well, we haven't done a bronte story yet yeah but, like, like jane eyre published anonym- under like uh, anonymously as a man and uh george Eliot's name is not george Eliot. yeah it's some whatever the fuck you know yeah, i forgot her actual name that said that said my feelings about this yes some kind of mixed i i do like it i i, pre- I definitely appreciate it and like even watching like the tv show it's like it's not my kind of bag but mm-hmm. like i like it no it's good yeah it's, it's, it's good it's good storytelling um i mean it definitely has like the things that i kind of enjoy a little more than the other things like for the tv show like sometimes i might even drift but like anytime there was a scene where it was like uh, uh colin firth's darcy yeah and jennifer eels uh lizzie on screen i my, my attention would be like like i'd be like sitting upright i'd be like is it <gasps> ely or eel no I, idea i was always <laughs> you should know this i think it's ely <laughs> okay but it's one of those things where i've only ever heard it from like my like my parents who would know, but I've never been sure. But they could be wrong, you know? I mean, yeah. how many, especially because I'm sure they know of her from this yeah. and how many Let's people. Let's find out. Also, like, I feel the only things I've seen her in, she was like a, a supporting character in as opposed like to the Contagion. Lead. Like Contagion or. Speaking of Z- Contagions. Zero Dark Thirty. One, she cures a virus. The other one, she blows the fuck up. 
anyway, um, she's been in other things too. Like she's like one of those people who like I, she has a face that you see all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like getting like there are things that like maybe I might be drifting. Jennifer Ely. Oh, Ely. Right. Okay. Ely. All right, Ely. Like she, Robert. She Australian. No, she's actually British. Okay. I'm pretty sure she's well, English. Well, Australian is technically British. I suppose. I Part think. of the British Empire. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, so you're positive to you're positive to mix. Positive. I mean, it's still not necessarily my kind of like thing. Like there's still elements about this that I'm still kind of like, uh, oddly enough, like there's a lot. It's headier in terms of like trying to fi- figure out my opinion on it. Mm, that's that's it's, I think that's good. Yeah, no, it is. It's really good. It basically it's one of those things where it's like, man, this book is light and fluffy. By the way, I'm very comp complicated on how i feel about lizzie yeah because like on one end i love a flawed character i really yeah. do and she's very flawed to the yeah. point where one of the things that i that i that, that i find really interesting and think about like like her opinion and also like probably um uh austin's opinion mm-hmm. uh on per- for example characters like Ki- uh not kitty uh, uh lydia sure you know, where you're just like, like, you're like, let the girl have fun, right? Yeah. You know, no, that's that's a nice hallmark of Austin protagonists. Yeah. They are often wrong. They're they're wrong. Like, uh, we didn't actually talk about this. I think when we're talking about the plot or whatever, because mm-hmm. um, we talked about how like Darcy, you know, he kind of like breaks out of. He realizes his error and kind of like adjusts himself. Yeah, you know, uh, Lizzie herself realizes kind of just like her. The idea that like, oh, she acts like she knows everything, but it's like, like, oh, sometimes I kind of misunderstand people and events and whatnot. Yeah. And, and, and like, like the, the, the famous line from Darcy about a, my, my good favor once lost is lost forever applies to her 100% as well. Yeah. Um, in a sense, like, you know, she's all, like, uh, I think her biggest, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, flaw, fl- not flaw. What's uh, the, sin? not sin. hitch. I don't know what the fuck it was. Her biggest thing is like, not so much. It, it's kind of like said that like she has too much she has too much prejudice for a lot of things yeah but like it's also kind of pride as well you know absolutely uh, yeah. to be honest i think we all kind of get yeah, have those things but um it's the, the title applies to both of them one isn't pride one isn't prejudice yeah. they're both proud and prejudiced towards each other towards each other's families and reputations yeah and uh and it, it's it's one of those things that makes me go like like from our perspectives we're all just being like like Liddy's like all right she's like a teenager whatever like she wants to have fun with boys cool well, you have to remember but, though yeah but what i'm gonna say is that like it's like yeah but naturally back then it's another world this was like shameful it was an actual me- me- like measure of ruination yeah. um uh, in in what's it called in the lizzie bennett diaries the youtube series by uh-huh. hank green once again they do a lot of really smart um uh modernizations and adjustments that um the thing that happens that scandalizes Lydia yeah. is that um it turns out to be like um that Wickham made a sex tape of her and that's what's about to come out and that's gonna lead to the family's ruin because the fucking corset that would would that's an obvious thing and like it's I don't know I really really like that thing every every choice they've made is really great I I really dig that in the sense where like um again like I feel like maybe like 50 years from now, something like that, like people would be like, oh, some asshole made a sex tape of them and it's going to ruin her Pff, fucking yeah, 20, let's 20th century people. Whatever. Yeah. If we're still alive. If, if we're years. still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that's always kind of the the, 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 the joy of just like these mm-hmm. you know changing times. But like, for example, considering long story short, I could go on about this for a while, but clearly what sure. I'm trying, I'm trying to like kind of gauge my opinion on it and I'll go from like liking to being like yeah but Lizzie can be kind of frustrating but it's like but I but like that's, that she's that's frustrating that's the point yeah she well she I don't know if, I don't know if that's supposed to be the point of it I think but. it is I think that Lizzie's like 
Austin is so much smarter than, like, I think the average layperson gives her credit for, uh-huh. that these are characters who are flawed and occasionally frustrating, and you're supposed to, you, you side with her until you realize that she's wrong. And, like, you you become more and more aware, and you really feel out, you, you, you're supposed to feel a little frustrated by her nonstop, like, blindness towards Darcy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the free and direct discourse isn't just on Lizzie, it applies to nearly everyone. Mm-hmm. That, um, uh, I, I was really enjoying the one, uh, the one little passage that Kate Beckinsale's reading in the in the book um, the audiobook version we're listening to uh-huh. that um uh, um at one point the, the whole line with um with Darcy first realizing that he finds Lizzie attractive about um uh, the what what the pair of fine eyes will do in a face to improve it mm-hmm. and like the the chapter trails off in this great little way where um Caroline you know that scene Caroline's like oh I bet I know whose eyes you're thinking of and he's like, oh, it's Elizabeth Bennis. And um, Caroline's like, oh, well, I know. But also, can you imagine having her mom as your stepmother? And the way that the writing and the narration works, like subtly, it's just that um, Darcy is too cool to give a shit. Mm-hmm. and But he's also clearly keenly listening. And Caroline takes advantage of that by just keeping, like, cause she wants his favor. Mm-hmm. She keeps on, like talking shit and he lets her and caroline's which one i'm sorry caroline is a miss caroline bingley bingley okay who's her friend again charlotte charlotte lucas no Bing, uh caroline bingley's friend her friend yeah like in the movie you always see the two of them together that's his other sister okay they're both sisters georgie no georgiana's his other sister how many sisters does he have no georgiana is darcy's sister Yes. No, okay. No, so they're both Bingley sisters. Yes. Oh, okay, all right. For some reason, I thought the one wasn't a Bingley sister. No, they're both Bingley sisters. Right. She's a different name because she's married to another guy. Okay, okay. Maybe that's the, what, the drunk dude. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. And um, and uh, the one sister, the unmarried one, kind of wants to marry... Uh, uh, Darcy. Uh, Darcy yeah. a little bit. Yeah, okay. Caroline. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, uh, uh, Catherine DeBorg is like, Damn you, Lizzie. Damn you, Lizzie Bennett. Foiled my Eliza. plans again. You're supposed to marry my sickly daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, like, uh, so you're, you're, you're in. I uh, no, I'm in like out of anything. Like it's like as much as like, it's still like the story. Yeah. I, whatever. The story is like, the, the thing, but like, uh, oddly enough, I, I'm still, it gives me a lot to mull over about mm-hmm. like how I feel about these characters situations. Uh, the way that Austin presents the world and everything like that. Like it's complicated. And oddly enough, this is one of those things that like, I don't know if we ever talked about it much, but like really good writing. Um, even if like the actual person writing the story has like a kind of like a skew, like kind of like worldview or whatever, sure. as long as that person like kind of like depicts the world truthfully, yeah, you can kind of look at it as being like, like you can see something out of the world and not have like the creator's kind of like viewpoint mm-hmm. be entirely guiding the whole thing because it's, you're also projecting your own kind of like uh, uh, views and perceptions on it. Mm-hmm. So like you can do that kind of thing, you know, that maybe that's discussion for like some other books, but for this, for example, and it's like, Oh yeah, she's a great fucking writer. Like yeah. I, I can think about this and like actually really objectively kind of like, you know, project or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that um, this is one of those books, one of those stories where if you don't like it, then I think you're objectively wrong. Uh-huh. I think that if you don't like, of course you can appreciate it. And I, I'm, I was pretty sure that going through it, you would like it. Even if your objection generally to British 19th century novels, uh-huh. You'd like it because it's just great storytelling and great writing. That there's the only reason why you wouldn't like this is if you didn't give it a chance. Yeah, understandably. And um, I have to say, sometimes like maybe I'm not really cut out for audiobooks, man. 
How do you feel about it? Because uh, you b- briefly mentioned this. We were listening to the uh, on iBooks. You can you can get a free yeah audiobook of this read right by, by Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale, the Kate Beckinsale, mm-hmm. uh, who she's great, even though she doesn't do a lot of good movies. But uh, yeah, she did an excellent Austin adaptation called Love and Friendship. Love and Friendship. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. It's based on like some of her earlier work that where it's like you know. That's right. I think I remember that now. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. I hadn't seen it. But, uh, yeah, no, we were reading that. And um, she does a fantastic... What are you... You're the one who's, like, you know... Oh, she, she, did, a, she did a, a very fine job. Yeah. Um, I, I have to admit that I'm, I am... I've seen the TV adaptation and all other adaptations more than I've read the book. Mm-hmm. This is only my second time reading it. And um, I, th- I think, like, the, the, the TV show adaptation is a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. But the reading's still great. And, I don't know, hearing an audiobook is a little bit... I don't know. I, I do miss things. Yeah. It, there's certain, there's certain things like if, depending on what the book is, like, I'm I, so I, glad I, I know about the backstory and the family, uh, family fortunes and failures of Miss Phillips. <laughs> like the one chapter begins and I'm like, oh, Miss Phillips. Well, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's some books that like, I would never want to listen to the audiobook because like it is something that you need to kind of like go back and kind of like yeah. look at and um I feel like there's certain like I don't know maybe I'm going to try like the next time I do like the the Sapkowski books or something like that sure. I'm going to do audiobooks with that maybe yeah that I sounds fun uh audiobooks guys yeah that's it that's it Gabriel uh-huh. that was the longest discussion about my opinions on this but Yarr. now that's going to do the final things we're going to do first off mm-hmm. final thoughts Gabriel final thoughts I've been going out for a while do you have fi- uh, I don't know Yeah, I guess you, you I don't know if you gave your final thoughts already but like what, I think I have- went at length about my final thoughts um, I love this I love this book I love this story Um, you know that I like I'm I constantly strive to write good love stories mm-hmm. and this is always the template I try to follow that you know, as much as you don't like the idea in real life, that there is so much more to a love that's born out of immediate dislike, like mm-hmm. a reality of slowly warming towards someone that's so much realer than love at first sight and whatnot. Yeah. That there's, there's, it's a great love story. And like, there's multiple versions of it too. Like, like Bingley and Jane, they, they love each other like almost right away. They just kind of have to work through the difficulty. Yeah. I think this is, this is, you know, it's fucking gold. It's fried gold. Fried gold. Daniel, any other final thoughts for you? Or shall I move on to our crazy memories? Yeah, I kind of gave my final thoughts. Gabriel, yeah, it's fine. there's this little thing uh, that we like to do. Just a little thing uh, we like in, to do. In reference to our old boy from goddamn the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Just a little podcast called The Whip Around Podcast. The Whip Around. For all your weird news needs, check it out every Wednesday. A it's thing, not the fuck show. A little thing we like to do called Hey. Easy memories. Harzy marneries. And uh, brought to you by Shawnee B. Horny from the Shawnee Whip Around Podcast. Horny. And Gabriel. Mm-hmm. You're actually well. You've you're familiar with this. No, and like, like T to B. I I don't have hazy memories from this. I remember like I brush my teeth to the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Yeah. Is that your answer, basically? Yeah, I don't have hazy memories. Okay. I know this thing. How about this? When I say Pride and Prejudice, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I think of Ashley um, Clements who plays Lizzie in the in the in the. Oh in the, Jesus the Christ! Never mind. No, I think I think about <laughs> what's it called? The Darcy uh, like, like the love story between the two of them is just such great. Like it's it's almost like bitter and acidic. Like I think about the scene with um where the Caroline and um I think this might be like my favorite scene or especially in the first half mm-hmm. where Caroline and Lizzie take a turn about the room and it's like what a weird thing to do and Dar- <laughs> and like Darcy's like like I know what you're doing you're trying to show yourselves off and I don't buy it like that's like one of the first scenes I think of <clears throat> nice it, it's it's great and subtle and odd and a time capsule at the same time 
Daniel, what is your hazy memory? Well, the immediately from the book, the one thing that came to my mind is when um, uh, Lizzie is getting the tour of a uh, uh, Pemberley mm. house, estate, whatever. Yeah, and um, and basically she starts getting all like giddy and kind of like g- girly in the in, in, in uh-huh. like her head a little bit and like something like that. Just like th- those kind of tones came to my head. From the TV show. Yeah. One thing that I really loved, and I LOL'd out loud when it happened, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, is when there was a scene early on, let's say like in episode two or three, maybe. Sure. Where it's when uh, Darcy clearly realizes that he has feelings for Lizzie. Uh-huh. He's sitting down. Da- it's like it's one of those nice white shots. There's like a group of people just hanging out in a room. Darcy's just hanging out in the back, staring at her. Yeah. He gets up. The room gets quiet. He walks up to her and says, how is your family doing? Huh. <laughs> And she goes, very well. And he goes, I'm glad. I hope they have a good time. And he just walks to the other side of the room and stares out a window. <laughs> and, like, that is a really great uh, thing. And, if, honestly, if they ever – I want to see, like, like, an, like when we're talking about the Emma film and whatnot, some yeah. kind of, like, self-aware kind of, like – uh, like an homage to the time as opposed to faithfully depicting it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't like, again, I don't care for Joe Wright's adaptation of it. Yeah. Matthew McFadden's great. Um, Jenna Malone is in there. So is Carrie yeah, Mulligan. Jenna Malone plays uh, Lydia? She plays Lydia. Lydia, okay. okay. Carrie Mulligan plays uh, Kitty. Yeah, um, and Tallulah O'Reilly plays the 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 plain one? one? Hey, um, uh, yeah, you see her and she's devoid of makeup. She just looks weird. Yeah. But, you know, she has, she has, mo- she has model face uh-huh. where, like, in the certain lights, you're like, hmm. Like, uh, uh, speaking of Tallulah Riley's co-star in the St. Trinian's film, ah. uh, Lily Cole. Oh, Lily Cole. Yeah. And that's another weird face. She has like, she has a, let's call it a quote unquote, like weird or odd face yeah, or whatever, odd features. even though she's like stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Obviously. She, she's like a fucking yeah. five foot 11 model woman. And yeah. she's, yeah. Anyway. That reminded me that what, like my only other, like another hazy memory. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, this thing, okay. Mr. Collins is just one of my favorite characters yeah. in like all of literature. He and especially in and in a TV show, I really mm-hmm. love the element where Mr. Collins like like simpers up to Mr. Darcy, and Darcy like fucking straight up walks away from him in the middle yeah. of a sentence. <laughs> that he's such a great character. Like you you know someone like Mr. Collins who tries too hard. That he like memorizes like compliments to try and give to women, and it's really obvious and weird mm-hmm. and so superficial. But it, I don't know. I love it. Him and like Charlotte of that whole thing. They're but they're almost they're almost two uh two sides of the same coin where they're both kind of they're not like social animals, but and they're both kind of awkward and shy, but like one of them I don't know, like they both kind of take it in two different directions. Yeah, or one she of them, knows how to play them. Yeah. Um Yeah, anyway. No, cool. just like I could talk I wanna talk more I don't wanna talk too much about like the fucking movie adaptation. Like it's I'm great. So, it's it's uh, one of my favorite pieces of media, period. I want to I I, I want to see the the the, the Joe Wright film, the two thousand five one starring Karen Knightley. More than anything because it's like um The Fads. Uh Matthew McFadden, who is awesome in succession as we He's a this great, is like the he, fourth time we're saying this. <laughs> he is a good Mr. Darcy. I, I honestly like yeah, having seen him in succession, I'm like, no, actually I would love to see this guy play Darcy. Yeah. He, um, he does a good job. And uh, so I'd love to see that. And also uh, one of my favorite character actors, like Tom Hollander. Hollander. Hollander, right? Yeah. Okay. Not the boy. Not the Spider-Man. Um, Tom Hollander, like, plays Mr. Collins. Plays Mr. Collins. And in a sense, like, I would be very curious to see that kind of version as opposed to the guy who plays Collins in the the TV show because he's he's fine. He does a fine job. But it's very kind of... I love that of... his sleeves are always too long and his fingers look like... like <laughs> it looks great. Yeah, he looks... It's, it looks all fucking LBJ. Yeah, mil- misshapen. Uh, but, like, like it, there's something where it's, like, he's... It's almost too in- unsympathetic a little bit. It's, like, yeah. I, I feel like Tom Hollander... 
would play it just like kind of he's awkward. He's awkward and dull, but he's yeah. kind of lovable for being sure. a weirdo. I don't he's know. like um the psychic vampire from What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. In the, oh, the TV show. Yes. Okay. Or is that the movie? TV show. That's a TV show. Yeah. So, Gabriel. Yeah, so think... that's our talk on Pride and Prejudice. I'm very, very glad that you got into it. Yeah, this is the point of the show where usually I throw the book down, but well, there's no book. We don't have any hard copies <laughs> This is the it. future. Yeah, this is it's, the... it's times. There's a pandemic. Guys, there's an Amber Alert. Oh, jeez. Uh, that we just got. I didn't get one. Well, I got it. Oh. Well, well, that's weird. I'm a little connected. That's fair. Yeah. Daniel knows all the makes and models in all of Los Angeles. Yeah, well, honestly, I'm like a real like Sherlock from the TV show Sherlock. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, played by uh, uh, Benny McFadden. Um, um, where basically it's like, I hear a make model license plate and I go, oh, my mind goes mind back. palace. In December last year, I remember seeing that car driving down the 405. Anyway. Yep. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, what are we doing next time? <laughs> next week. Um, so in a, in a couple of weeks, we are having a special guest. Yeah. We are going to be talking about the things they carried by Tim O'Brien. O'Brien. I was yes. like, Tim O'Hare? There's Jim O'Hare from Parks and Recreation. Tim O'Brien's the things they carried. Um, we're gonna be doing it with uh, my friend Christy, who is a comedian. She's really cool. Yes, and I cannot wait to have that discussion. Has she read it before? Yeah. Okay. And she specifically wanted to do this, so I'm yeah. very, I'm very excited for this. Yeah, I um, asked her what she wanted to be, um, what she wanted to do in the show. She's like, "Oh, have you read the things they carried? I've been rereading it. I need a reason to finish it." Honestly, you should text her about like, be yeah, like Christy by Brandon. The, by the way, have you um. Listen to the Brian Cranny. Oh, it's all about the cranny book. thing. Yeah, because like uh, I can't cranny. Uh, like there's a big like thing, a circly circle, mm-hmm. aka a spiral. Uh, no, no, a circly circle. A God damn it! Get, get your head. Sorry, circle. shit. Jesus, fucking I'm so Christ. sorry. But no, we're like it's Daniel like... just got up, grabbed me by the cuff, <laughs> like by like, by my neck, and just like would not let and go. I so shook I you around, being like, la, la, la. yeah. Anyway. But no, um, with like audiobooks and whatnot, time out this, reading the audiobook here. And then my two media to go to is about like great audiobooks. There's the Brian Cranston, uh, the things, things they, they carried one. And also then it's like, and then Colin Firth mm-hmm. doing the end of the affair. Yes. Mm, you know, Colin I feel like, like we should, um, we should do a special episode where we finally covered, um, uh, the Blackwater audiobook, which many people consider to be the greatest audiobook recording of all time. And who's it again? Who does it? Um, uh, the girl from oh. the beginning of Pulp Fiction. Here's the th- uh, Amanda Plummer. Is not her name? What's it? Also, here's the thing. Is she pumpkin or is she honey bunny? Here's the other thing. Make sure it's available because uh, yeah, it's on, it's on Audible. Is it on Audible? Uh huh. Your mom's. It's on been Audible. on my w- how fucking t- <laughs> you know my, it's on my wish list. It's been on my wish list since oh, I got no. an Audible account. Blackwater is not one word. So Gabriel. Yeah. That's it. This kind of counts as er uh, er another strand pick. Oh, Amanda Plummer. And it's only five bucks. Oh, really? Fuck, yeah. I'm buying that right and you know, now. you know what the crazy thing is? Is it on sale? Because normally it's like 15. Well, it's on iTunes. Oh, well, yeah. shit. That's actually pretty cool. Um, Speaking of which... Uh, not yeah, to... I definitely want to feel like shit during this time and <laughs> <laughs> have the horrible, stressful thing of uh, listening to Blackwater and audio. It's not depressing. It's more just frustrating. Yeah, oh, it's just, it hurts your inside of your spine. Oh, oh there's my Amber Alert. Yeah, there you go. Ha oh, ha. Well, you should be more like, like Sherlock. <laughs> who? Sh- uh, uh, Sh- Sherlock he was in uh, there's do you mean Shylock no. from Merchant of Venice oh first off my favorite Shakespeare character oh, I, 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 um, uh, there's two movies that came out 10 years ago starring uh, Jude Law and the other guy I don't I don't know what you're talking about uh, I don't watch movies uh, anyway alright we'll get into that later but Gabriel you mean Hemlock like, like Socrates Hemlock you know what he drank to die sorry go on I, I don't okay. know it. Okay. I'll, I'll google it later okay but Gabriel yes Daniel yeah Blackwater I'd love to do that
Yeah. That'd be interesting. This is actually Blackwater Part 2, because we did... The Blackwater is, like, our second did episode. Did we do Part 3? Like yeah, no, I think we are supposed to do it with Katie, and we never did. Oh, yeah, did. I never did. Hey, well, um, how about we get her to listen to that, too, and we'll finally have Katie back on the show and I talk about that. I don't know if she's ever read it. I think she did. Does she still have my... No, she doesn't have my copy. Yeah, I think she read it. I think she told me about how much, like, it, like, made her want to die reading it. So... (laughs) She's a very happy person. (laughs) She is. Next week, um, uh, it is my short story pick, because we have that, um, we have another couple big reads to go. And the next Uh time we do uh, Strain 8, it's going to be my pick. But, Gabriel, what are we reading next time? Next week, we are reading an essay by George Orwell called... Politics and the English Language, I believe it's called. Catchy name. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> so, my, I love Orwell's essays on writing. They are fascinating. Okay. So, that's your chair. Yeah. Plus, uh, who was it who sat here? Didn't Ilse sit here that one time? There's just like a loud clunk. Yeah. Yeah. This chair worries me. Gabriel, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, But that's available all online. You can online just, like, for free, baby. Okay. Can I get an audio book for it? Yeah, you can find an audio book for it. <laughs> I'm sure you can find like a recording of it somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure it's available somewhere. But Gabriel... <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Um, and, and also, if uh, for the listeners' sake out there, you had to remind me about this, is that when we got around to picking uh, Pride and Prejudice, which yeah. was technically a stranded episode, mm-hmm. uh, basically you said, like, hey, do you want to read blank or blank? And yes. you gave me the option between this or Jane Eyre? Yeah. Okay. Then and, I'm, uh, so I'm, and oddly enough, the one reason I didn't pick Jane Eyre is because I like Jane Eyre already, and I know oh, about great, it. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to kind of like go outside my comfort zone. Cool. So mm-hmm. I will give you... Oh, we're going to roll first. I'm gonna do both. I like doing both. <laughs> Let's do both. Okay. Yeah. So how? So what we're gonna, so what we're gonna do? Okay. We're gonna roll the. I'm gonna roll the giant eighty sided die to yes. find out which one we do, and um uh, basically, um uh and then Daniel's gonna also offer me two picks, and those are gonna be our next two strand books. And whatever we don't pick next is just gonna be cute because I still want to do crime and punishment, which is like yeah. the other thing that we're gonna do. So God damn, Gabriel. All right. Let's fucking roll this bitch. Okay. okay. Lift my legs, not my back. Here yeah. we go. Sixty. 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 Okay. Um, it's a nice easy one. Ender's Game. Oh. By Orson Scott Card. Orson Scott Card? Yeah, that's how it's exactly this is not at all who he's Orson he's Scotch American. cards. He's totally American. Orson Scotch egg. Ender's game. That's gonna be cute. Yeah, we've both read it before. Because here's the thing. Also, it's a nice easy read. Also, uh, here's the thing. So yeah. Much with Pride and Prejudice. I'm going to give you two books. Okay. And you need to pick which one we're going to read next. Okay. Between these two. Okay. Right? Gabriel. Yes. Do you want to read... Anthem or Fountainhead? Anthem, <laughs> Anthem or Fountainhead, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. No. Hold, okay, that's right. I keep I literally blank out what it is with that when I'm not looking. Okay, Gabriel. Yeah. Your choices... Okay. ...are Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Ooh, love Bell Jar. Or... Everything is illuminated by Jonathan Safran Foer. I'm I'm gonna have to go right for Belljar. Uh, yeah, I have I have no objections to everything is illuminated, but I definitely prefer Belljar. All right, we're next week next time we're doing Stranded, it will be Belljar, and then and we're gonna decide and then we're gonna decide whether or not we want to do Crime and Punishment or Ender's Game. Well, those are gonna be our next three, no matter what. Yeah, but however, that's we're, that we're not going to get to one of those because we, yeah, we, we didn't we didn't weeks. veto crime and punishment. We we're just kind of like we cute. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, we put in the queue. I, I yeah, because again, like I never read the Russians, so yeah, I count I count them as just eight nineteenth century British people. Sure, <laughs> fair enough. Gabriel. Yeah. That said, uh, so plugs. 
Yeah. Hey, bro, what do you want to plug? Um, ladies and gentlemen, again, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. You had a thing. It is a cultural heritage documentary podcast about the Asian American experience. I wrote and produced episode three, the talk we were supposed to have. It's about my life. And I'm very, very proud to say that it was it recently aired on San Francisco Public Radio on mm-hmm. 91.7 KALW. So my story went fucking live. I'm I'm very I haven't heard anything about it since. That's fine. I don't know who's listening to NPR in San Francisco when they're just chilling out. So yeah, it was featured on the A V club prior to that. Mm. So things are happening. I'm very, very proud of that. Um besides that, uh, once again, one last time, whatever you're doing right now, if you can, please grab your phone, not if you're driving, and write us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher, or on Spotify, whatever you can do, press one button to help us, or write a review, because we need your help. Mm-hmm. And follow me on Instagram at read.richards, read like reading a book. Yeah. Co-host! You can follow me on Twitter at TopCountRated, but I'm mainly active on the Instagram at SlowReaders, but you can reach me at either one of them. Also, you can buy my fiction at all ebook retailers. You can get them right now, The Shadow from the Deep, and A Cook in the Kingdom. Cook. The physical copies are available both at Amazon. Yay, yay. All right, and that's the end of the show. All right, cool. Um, Fucking wash your hands. Stay well, alive. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face, which I is the hardest thing. I love touching seriously. my face. This is the hardest thing. It's, it's like really keeping hard. your eye. Yeah, no. All right. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Top